You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm back, back in the New York Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump. With me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan, and this really is the best damn podcast for the best damn football team because we have with us uh, Giants content creator powerhouses, talking Giants, Bobby Skinner, Justin Pennick, and Nikki Snacks. Um, with us today to kind of just give us a before the season starts 2023 roundtable discussion about the Giants, the NFL, um, the schedule, the master plan. We kind of cover a whole bunch of topics. We're just kind of talking generally and drinking some beers. Um, Cranky, how are you? How was your Labor Day? It was the worst Labor Day I probably have ever had in my life. When the Gators get embarrassed, Florida State wins, Miami wins, Georgia wins. Alabama wins, Eastlake loses, the Rays lose two out of three, three out of four. So I am glad we are now talking about the New York football giants because everything else sucks. That's right, but nothing else matters because we're at pro football time. And that is the only that is not the only thing that matters. That's a lie. So uh, on this episode, um, we're we're talking with the Talking Giants guys. We're talking a lot of NFL stuff. Um, some weird baseball and basketball stuff slipped in, but college football is still very important to me because it feeds right into that NFL stuff. So I have a separate channel, the Football Grump channel on YouTube, where I have a new video coming out on 2024 draft eligibles, um, and that can be found on YouTube at Football underscore Grump or whatever the the channel's Football Grump. Um, but this show, of course, can always be found on YouTube as well, The Just Giants Show. Um, it can be found on all audio podcast platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, you name it, The Just Giants Show is there. And of course, uh, I am very active on Twitter, at football underscore grump. The show is on Twitter, at Just Giants Pod. Cranky is on Twitter, at The Cranky Fan. There are tons of ways to find this show in the future. We're going to have a lot of really cool stuff coming up this year. Twice a week shows coming up again starting, I guess, starting this week because we have this one and then we're going to have the podcast one Friday morning. Yeah, we haven't done our preview for the uh, the Cowboy game, so we will do that. It will be in your feeds on Friday morning. And we That's really do do want to thank the uh, the Just Giants guys. Uh, the Talking Giants guys, I mean, they have always been great supporters of our podcast. We've really outkicked our coverage having them in so you know this is a great you know hour-long show coming up and we really appreciate all those guys jumping on for us all right yes so let's get into it without further ado here it comes with us today the motley crew talking giants justin Pennick, talking giants bobby skinner earth's nikki snacks welcome everyone yeah i mean i don't know where else he belongs uh he belongs to the people yeah Yeah. Mm. um well, welcome. It's been a while since we've talked as a group, uh, officially, I guess, on the internet or whatever. Um, it's the start of the 2023 season. I'm officially stoked. I had my Saturday of college football where I did absolutely nothing but sit on the couch, and it ruled. Um, and uh, that, that's just the gateway for the NFL season. 
Um, so I am about as excited as I get for the NFL season before a win is in the column. Um, how does everyone feel? We'll go around. Whoever wants to speak, start. Uh, the guests can go first. Bobby, you're oldest. Yeah, I always, for some reason I think you're older than me, which is weird. Um, <laughs> Not by uh, I, I actually more. had a, a on Sunday had like a we're a week away like nervous feeling. Um, and now as we've gotten into the like the you know the regular week is like it's like even just like Tuesday press conferences and like oh this is this press conference is about the game this week like every bit of like oh shit we're back in the fucking season like we're gonna get a real injury report tomorrow. Like every little thing has me being like, man, we're back in it. And not only are we back in it, this is the first time we've had expectations to repeat success in a long time. Like I was I was on a stream uh a little while ago and I was like, not only is this our first season coming off of playoffs since 2017, 2017, it's our first season coming off of a playoff win since Super Bowl 46. Like it's real expectations for this. If this team doesn't win more games than it loses, it's like it's a it's a disappoint, very disappointing season, which we has not happened. We have not said that in a while. Snacks. Yeah, I mean, I it, you kind of to piggyback off that. Obviously, expectations after a, a playoff win last year, and I haven't felt like this in a in a very long time. Because if you think about it, what last five six years. While we're always excited for the Giants and football to start, I think we're all intelligent enough to have realized that over that last half a decade or so, going into the season, probably we knew our fate. And fast forward to this regime and this team and this season, it's just a complete 180. And it it feels good to be back and feeling this type of, of way about – about an upcoming season. So I couldn't be more excited. Um, nervous as all hell. It'll probably hit me really bad on Thursday. And then Sunday morning when I wake up, it's it's going to be disgusting. But could not be more excited. Is that what you would – that you would use the word excited? to Because you get pretty animated. So excited yeah. seems like a tempered kind of adjective for you. Well, th- that's <laughs> that's the thing you're asking me on a Tuesday night. It's true. Um, yeah. If, yeah. if we were recording this on a Saturday night, one, I, my eyes probably wouldn't really be looking at the the camera. That one would be here, and other would be here, um, and you would see what excitement really is. But right now, that is that's tempered down just a little bit because we do have a couple days. But yeah, it's uh, I'm starting to feel it in my plums. And I think one of the main themes this summer. You know, between seeing everybody at camp and seeing people at preseason games, you know, every you know everybody's going around. We're and we're talking about how excited we are, and it's not just us as oh, you know, we're we have a Giants podcast and we're excited about the season. It's like no, every single fan you find in a parking lot, every single Giants fan that wears Giants gear out in public, like we're all feeling the same way, and there's just a wide consensus. It's not like. Oh, 2019, Daniel Jones rookie year, excited to see the kid. No, it's like excited to win football games because that is the expectation. So um, a wide consensus from the fan base of just, yeah, excitement, optimism, and expectation that wins should be put on the board for this year. So let's do it. I'm going to jump on what Justin said that, you know, 
the back pages are all talking about Aaron Rodgers and the national media is about Jets, Jets, Jets. But if you walk around the streets of New York, it's Giants, Giants, Giants. Yeah. Like, Giant fans are excited. And, you know, from my own personal feeling, I said it on last week's show that this is the first time in 35 years I am more excited about a giant season and the Giants potential than I am about a Florida greatest season. Now, if you watch the game Thursday night, well. <laughs> you know what kind of turd sandwich we we laid on that. So that my <laughs> my expectations are justified with that. But you know, even in the years like we come off a Super Bowl with the Giants, well, you know, Gators that are remired. So I, we knew we were going to be really good. Now that they're garbage, I mean, this is the first time, and the Giants haven't been garbage in a decade that I'm. I'm really, really excited, really excited. And I think it's it's justified. It's not just, oh, it's the season starting. I'm ready to go out to the tailgate. I'm like, I am ready to not only watch my games, but to watch the rest of the division games, right, and watch yeah. the rest of the conference games. Like, what is Philly doing? What What, what is, uh, you know, what are the Lions doing? Because it matters to me. So that makes yeah. me excited too. Well, right. I, I think- hey, man, hey, Grub, I'm, I'm real sorry. Just real no, quick on that. It, it, it's so funny how, over the last however five, six, seven years that we would get excited to go tailgating to see how drunk we can get in the parking lot, not really and knowing we're probably gonna lose, where now it's okay, let's see how drunk we can get, but let's win the fucking game. We can very much win this game no matter who we're playing. It's an awesome feeling. Yeah, I, I would say over the last couple of years, we were really just excited for football because everyone sitting here is a really huge football fan. And you kind of have to be to do all the things that we do. Um now we're excited specifically for the Giants. And I would say, like, what Justin was saying, Bobby's probably the only one that can't really see this the way that we see this. But I have always been a guy who's like, oh, dude, in the Giants hat, let's go Giants, fist bump, keep walking kind of thing. That is happening everywhere now. And it's been a really long time since, like, I, I said last year on the show, in the middle of the season, maybe maybe like late November, I was at the grocery store like late at night and there was like a whole full argument going on between the deli guy and a random customer over Daniel Jones and his potential and who was right four months ago and who was wrong. And I like was amused by it, but then like kind of sat back and was like just enjoying it because it's something that hasn't happened in this area in forever forever and i was at some shitty new york ren fair on sunday like the last place i would ever expect to run into giants fans and I ran into like three of all different ages and same exact conversation the fist bump the whole thing everyone they're not just like they're like stoked. i mean it's kind of a weird setting they're probably stoked to see a football fan but they were like ready to just talk to me for like 10 minutes about like the upcoming season they're ready they're stoked so uh, that's just like a general feeling that i don't think has been in this area in a while and i got to think like the last time that i was this excited was probably in all honesty like 2012 because 2016 may have been that outlier year but i even throughout that whole season i was kind of like ah this offense is fake we're winning games by three points we're not even eclipsing like 15 points per game this is gonna fall apart 2012 was an abject disaster but it was coming off the heels from the super bowl at least um i don't know is that is that the last time you guys were anywhere near this level of optimism or was there something that i'm glossing over 2008 for me the flexical year when he shot himself. I mean, that's oh, well, that, that was, that was a team. Best team yeah. we've ever had in our lifetime. Well, not uh, yet. <laughs> sorry. I'm old. <laughs> I am old. So, <laughs> but like in our, you know, in, not in, in recent the black, memory, black world, in exactly. recent memory, that team was stacked and we were ready after the Super Bowl. Like this team, 
they're going to be just as good next year. And, you know, we were on that path. So it, now we're talking, what, 15 years? That's a long, long time. It's a long, long time. Ass time ago. I, I had hair. Say, it, well, hmm, probably not much. Sure did, Kid Rock. But <laughs> I, Grump, I would agree. Like 2012 after the Super Bowl when I think if we put – we put our, you know, our thinking caps back on. We could probably establish. And Justin, we've talked about some bleeding blue. The 2011 team was never all that great. They rode Eli Manning's by far best season and a defense and defensive line that got real hot at the right time. So even in 2012, probably if we if we look back on it, we would know it. Yeah, we could probably see it coming. But I'm the same way with you in 2016. That was such a mirage. We scored touchdowns off of three yard slants to Odell. And that was yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a hundred million dollar defense with three guys that played out of their minds and, you know, didn't miss games. So it was, it was always going to be a rock that this is, this is the most excited I've been. It, and I can't tell you how long. So. And, and we're not comparing the, the quality of this team to those teams. It's just no, that excitement not. level. It's like it's the excitement level. We're getting ready to start that window. And I think one of the questions we're going to talk about is, expectations and how far along we are in the rebuild are we ahead of ahead of where we thought we'd be at this point or or at that pace or anything so well real quick before we get there i just i'm curious because a lot of our excitement level is based off of last season's success but i think everyone sitting here can agree that a lot of that success was i wouldn't say fluky but i mean sometimes the ball (laughs) falls the right way that titans game right off the bat a missed field goal that's kind of like if there was like a thesis for all of last year, it was that missed field goal. Like it just, it was just a good year. All the things just happened the right way for us to be better than we kind of were. So I would say the off season actually really fueled the fire of excitement. So I, I mean, I thought that Joe Shane had a pretty knockout off season this year, his first full one where he's in total control of the front office and everything. What would you guys say? I'll start with Bobby. Cause he's been quiet for a minute now. Um, the best offseason move or maybe like small collection of moves, if you want to group like ideas together that Joe Shane had this offseason. Um, I mean, I think it's as simple as trading for Darren Waller. That dude's sick. Like he's like I went. So I was I had to do a bold prediction stream today. And I, I put I like Darren. I, one mine was Darren Waller be tied in too this year for fantasy after Travis Kelsey. And I went back to 2020. And again, he's the same player he was those years. He's just missed games because we saw what he like, how explosive and it's everything he was last year when he did play. And we see him this year as a giant. He was second to Kelsey. But the difference between him and third for receiving yards for tight ends was the difference between third and 40th. It was the difference between Mark Andrews and Trey fucking Burton. Shout out Florida Gators. Um, I remember going to a combine with him when he was still a quarterback. Uh, and like that guy is on our team. It's the first time Daniel Jones has ever had an advantage like that, where it's just like, oh no, like we can we can just design stuff for this guy and he's gonna get open. Now I do think if he gets injured, like it's not just losing him. I think it makes every other piece on the offense not as good, uh, specifically the wide receiver group. I feel like they are they are elevated higher because of what Waller does. But I think it's simply just I mean, you traded Kadarius Tony for you know, a third round pick and a six round pick. And you got Darren Waller and Trey Hawkins out of those. Not bad. Justin, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, obviously adding Waller, I thought Bobby was going to go JMS just because that's like 
I guess I, that's that's definitely like his favorite draft pick. But I'll I'll even go here, and I'm not even talking about because we're not talking about necessarily just for this year. You kind of preface this within like we're rebuilding, right? So day two and day three of the draft, and I guess we'll talk specifically maybe about day three of the draft because that was one of the worries that we had and still have, a, I guess maybe still have about Joe Shane because we haven't even seen any of these draft picks from this year even line up for a regular season game. Sure. But man, we're so excited about every single day three pick of this draft. And the one that we really weren't that excited about, at least on our end at Talking Giants, but Jordan Riley. Right. The coaching staff is clamoring. <laughs> they're like, look at this guy. They're 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 showcase they're showcasing us. Look at Jordan Riley. Look at how he's performing in camp and performing in the preseason. He did have shitty film. We acknowledge that and we fixed him up a little bit. Trey Hawkins is starting on the outside. Um, and the guy that maybe we were most excited about in like Eric Gray, that's gonna be a guy that maybe his role outside of special teams will be the least out of all of those day three picks. Um yeah, which is pretty your- wild when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And he was the first one, you know, the first day three pick. So I think that like the sign of a good team and the sign of a team that is rebuilding and rebuilding correctly is not even all those picks, but can you get one or two day three picks over the span of maybe one to two years to really be a hit and think of how now we're so excited to see Trey Hawkins. We're so excited to see, particularly Trey Hawkins, Javarius Owens, maybe Eric Ray. We're so excited to see these guys on the field and develop eventually, but Trey Hawkins is out there and he's starting right away. Yeah, I would say with day three picks, if you get three years out of them, you've struck gold. Uh, yeah. I, I think that like the, I don't know, I don't want to say like the casual, but like, you know, I think it's a common thought among football people, football fans that uh, day three picks aren't really successes unless they're starters or something like that. It's totally not how it works. So the fact that you have one guy starting week one of his rookie year that's a day three pick is already wild the fact that you have jordan riley in there as well and javarius owens who are going to have depth roles in their first season is all it that that is a success in itself having a depth role in your first role in your first year from day three snacks what do you think well i'm going to take a little different approach because bobby and justin obviously both things they said are i mean spot on waller and day three picks that are contributions like that is unbelievable i i loved how he prioritized what he had in the house already you have a andrew thomas who's a top three player in his position at the premier position sign him long term we're set there we're good dexter lawrence is an absolute stud arguably top three top five top six at his position there important position especially in today's passing offense and getting interior pressure up the middle I love how he went out there and took care of those guys right away. And then, I mean, Daniel Jones. No, we, we're, out, we're not going to sit here and say he's top five at his position. But he's not, they, he gave him a perfect deal where it's essentially, what, a two-year show it to me that you can do it with the more weapons that we give you, more time in Dable's offense, and see what we have. I, I love the fact that he prioritizes his own guys because when was the last time we had draft picks that – got signed long-term to big deals. I know Shep, but I mean. Odell, technically. O- but, Odell, technically, yeah. yeah. And then he was gone in mm-hmm. in a blink of an eye. So the fact that he saw what he had, those aren't his guys. And he went out there and he's like, okay, they, these guys are deserving of the money I'm going to give them. And obviously we all know they are. So that that was my probably my favorite thing in, in making sure that we 
um, solidified the core of this team that they're together for years to come. And I mean, if I'm just going to go quickly on a signing basis, uh, you know, like a, a free agent signing, Bobby O'Karake in the, in the middle on the, on the defense, we haven't had a linebacker like that. I, of, of course, I'm not sitting here saying he's a, he's a world beater, not anything like that, but for since 2020, years, what yeah. happened? We haven't had a linebacker like that since 2020. So yes, it, it's, it, it's literally, it's, it's something to behold that we have a guy that's going to run sideline to sideline. He's going to be on the field all the time for $10 million. I thought that was, that was an excellent signing. So he has a great Pokemon deck too. <laughs> Did you guys actually deck. read the, so are you, I didn't read the, have a good show guys. I've, <laughs> I've, I've gone full like Gen Z or whatever, where I like, I was like, I'm not really going to read this Blake Martinez Pokemon, but then I saw Instagram reel about it. Oh, um, this is about him like being fined or something like that. Got taken off the platform. He was actually like was legitimately like scamming people. <laughs> what, what what's the hashtag, Justin? Snacks was right. Um, yep. But um, oh, still, I don't care if he's a scam I, artist. I just care about playing linebacker. I just but. think it's hilarious. Yeah. But snacks, <laughs> I want to add on to one one more of your point about keeping guys in house. Look at mm-hmm. that radio transition. The one thing that you didn't mention that was really smart and it worked out so ideal for the Giants is keeping Saquon Barkley around for the deal that he and it still it blows our minds that how well it worked for the for the Giants and the oh my god talk about playing with fire and he was here for the entire he didn't even miss report day and the fact that that worked out that situation just worked out so perfectly you know it's 2023 we'll see how it works out 2024 but he's here and that's the important he didn't he didn't blink he didn't blink you're right that's that's a great call um unbelievable Mine is the way they handle Daniel Jones. I mean, if go back to 12 months ago before we played a first game, it was pretty much a consensus. Daniel Jones probably was not going to be back. I mean, mm-hmm. think of the, again, think of the national narrative. Think of the local narrative about him. It was just, you know, they declined the option. It was going to, you know, well, maybe they'll give him a look, but we all in the back of our minds thought, you know, okay. You know, I was on the Anthony Richardson bandwagon. wagon, you know, Grump was starting his analysis right. of quarterbacks in the draft. We we were looking ahead, and the fact that with it was to the point somebody made before, this is not his guy. They had an open mind, and you know it worked out. Now again, he's not Joe Montana, but you know it's not easy to find a quarterback in this league. It is very, very difficult, and you don't have to have Joe Montana in this league. And I think you know the the contract that he signed is very fair. He's already restructured a little to help out, you know, with free agents, you know, the rest of this year and everything. Um, I think we just played that brilliantly and it just, it shows that this team, this is not Dave Gettleman saying, this is one of my guys. This is someone said, this is a piece we have. Let's have an open mind with it. And, you know, he's, he's our quarterback. And it's one thing that nobody has talked about really this off season. Like that story is gone. It's he's the quarterback. And we go into the season with a legitimate starting quarterback. Yeah. My answer is actually Snacks's answer. Um, I think that, the Waller trade is super significant for bringing excitement to this season, but everyone has, I, I think everyone has the tempered enthusiasm of like, well, will he make it a significant portion of the season? Um, and I, I think you guys have made the point in the past on one of your shows that we're one Darren Waller injury away from a disaster of a season. Um, I think with what they did with what Snacks is talking about by bringing back your own guys. It has less to do with bringing back your own guys for me as it does 
acknowledgement of what is the core of this team and what is not. They they identify they had a true 100% evaluation year last year. Despite the wins, despite the playoff mm-hmm. appearance, despite everything else that was done, they had a true evaluation. Remember, Darius Slayton was in the same boat as Daniel Jones. They were written right off at the beginning of the year and earned their way to another contract with this team. Andrew Thomas is a functional core to this team. He is as central to this team as Daniel Jones is. Daniel Jones is a core. They, and they did all of this in one offseason. This wasn't, there was no need to hit everyone all at once, but they got it all done right away with this isn't even their best year against the cap. That would be next mm-hmm. year. That was when they had the real room to do all this stuff. I don't think any one of us expected every single person that was re-signed this offseason to be re-signed this offseason. I mean, maybe I'm wrong with that, but I would say when it comes to the draft, the day three picks, uh, that's that's really encouraging, especially after like a decade and a half of Mark Ross just pissing all over the NFL draft. What was surprising to me was the first three rounds of the draft. They got three guys that were mocked them in the first round. So not only was he playing patient and um, prioritizing his stuff in free agency, he played patient in the draft as well. Didn't go ballistic and panic. Got your Deontay Banks, followed up with your center for the future, and then got Jalen Hyatt at a flyer rate with the third round pick. If Jalen Hyatt becomes nothing in two years, it's a third round pick that happens. It's like a flip of a coin. So I thought that this was like a too good to be true off season almost. I mean, what, what was the downside? I, I don't see a downside And that they show that video of the behind the scenes draft. I just wanted to, um, to bring this up, Grum, cause you said it when Dable and Shane are being like, do, do we take Hyatt here in the second? If mm-hmm. JMS goes like, well, we could just take Hyatt. We're fine. <laughs> Sons of bitches got JMS. And then they, they Hyatt lasts into third. Like, how much more of a home run can you get? It's unbelievable. That, Three guys that, mock to you in, in so many different ways. Some in the first round. Just a home run. I, I don't I don't know where the where the downside we didn't have is. we didn't have the fluke injury in like in OTAs or anything where a key guy is out for the year. I mean we which we're saving that for Sunday. Which by yeah, the I way, know. um like I think that was the biggest X factor through this camp and through this summer. And I said it early on, and I guess I stopped beating the drum because I just didn't want to keep repeating it and maybe even just waiting for the, the injury to happen. I'm knocking on my head and I'm knocking on my wooden desk. Um, but like the, on his wood. Yep. the summer of sports science was the biggest X factor this, this summer and, and this camp. And I, I do think it matters for your guys to practice together. Like, remember that, remember that, uh, was it the 2021? It was the 2021 off season where Kyle Rudolph, Missed the entirety of camp and Gal, they missed the camp and Tony, Tony missed the camp and Tony missed the whole you know, camp. we were all just expecting, all right, week one, we're all going to come together. We're going to rock and roll and we're going to be okay. And it's like, no, we're not. Um, no, cause these guys, well, that was didn't... the, we're hiding the playbook, uh, training camp. Well, yeah, that... Oh yeah. Well, yeah, if, was... yeah, go ahead. If the whole league is going to zig by saying, oh, we'll just, you know, week one, week two will be our preseason. Why don't we zag and be ready for week one and maybe steal a win against Dallas. Ideally. We're playing a divisional team at home. You know, maybe we zag. I'm a strong believer of that, of playing in the preseason. Like, I kind of wish they played a little more, to be honest, the starters. I I think I agree with that. I mean, it makes me nervous. And there's certain players that probably are exempt from 
situations. Yeah, Saquon Waller, all I needed to see was zero or one tries. <laughs> but I still would yeah. like to see. I guess the offensive line got the rotation. I guess they really – Evan Neal got a good amount of reps in the preseason, so that was good. He, I think he was one of those keen guys that needed it, so at least he got them. But especially like rookies and stuff, right? Like, I mean, not not that the rookies didn't get more reps than the rest of the starters or whatever, but like seeing Jalen Hyatt in preseason did a huge thing for me. I have to imagine it did a lot for the coaches too, because my expectations for him in year one were pretty low. I'm being honest. Now they're they're way higher. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if there's someone that camp in preseason raised my expectations for, it was Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where at first it was like, hey, you'll get your reps here and there, create some big plays. And now I'm like, oh, no, you're going to create big plays consistently for us. Right. Okay. So where would you guys say we're, we're in the Joe Shane era right now? And we don't know how long this era is going to last. Uh, right now, this era consists of a rebuild. Um, where would you guys say we are? At what point in the rebuild are we? How many years away? What are we missing uh, are we close? Are we not close? And is that ahead of schedule? Like, in your opinion, are we ahead of schedule in that rebuild? Or are we right on course or maybe a little behind? Snacks, I'll start with you. I mean, I I think you have to say we're we're way ahead. I, I would have never guessed last year that we'd be in the playoffs and win a playoff game. And here we are. And the the, the leaps that Dexter and and Andrew Thomas took and all these players took, and to have a coach and a, and a staff, let alone just the head coach, the whole staff that is elite, we are way ahead of the curve in that. And they think they have a guy in Daniel Jones. I think the window can officially open starting at the end of this season. Like Grump, you said next year is really when we're healthy cap-wise, right? right? Like that, we, we're going to have cap space. I don't think Joe Shane's going to be a guy that's going to go out and blow his load on like three different guys and signing a huge deals because I think he's very smart and I think he's going to be able to draft well. Grump, uh, Crank, did the Rays just lose? Three fucking guys just banged into each other in the outfield. Two runs scored for Boston. <laughs> really? Joe, Shane, Joe Shane's not going to blow his load and three guys just banged into each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, That's what I thought at I first. I think the main – Point of them being ahead of schedule, not even just winning last year, is the fact that we are paying a quarterback now. That's, yeah. that's that a was huge point. Yeah, the, where it was supposed to be year one of the rookie window. With like without was, question, yeah, that's my that biggest was, thing. That yeah. was the plan. And crank, you said that I would, and I would have said the same thing going into this year. We'd have a rookie quarterback with maybe Tyrod Taylor starting the season before the the rookie gets up to speed. I would have guessed that once last year started. I I, I don't think that would like have been crazy either. I don't think so either. No, that was the expectation. I, I think mm-hmm. it just would be bad. Right? <laughs> would be bad. And we'd be two. We'd be two years behind. You know where we are right now. If we had to start breaking a quarterback, get his rookie lumps in this year, and then next year, okay, let's you know. Yeah, and then that, that window that window potentially gets pushed back two or three years. And if you're signing Thomas and Lawrence, when that window opens, they're three years older. So it's like the fact that where they are now, you you have to think they're ahead of schedule. And I think the window for true contendership officially opens next year when we're when the books are open and um and these young kids have a year or two under their belts i think it depends on the 2022 draft damn it damn yeah. it damn it i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm here, <laughs> here sitting in the background and i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be the guy that's gonna poo poo on this it, because it, well we haven't seen it no we, we have yeah. evan neal <laughs> we haven't seen it 
even Kayvon Thibodeau, who's like kind of baseline as a solid player, there's still a good amount of room to grow into number five overall pick type player. Sure. How many players Wan- were taken in last year's draft? Uh, 11, I believe. Wandale. The only, one, the, the only one that we have a really good read on is Daniel Bellinger. Flaw Azudu, we have no we have no idea if those guys are going to be good. Right. Yep. Right now, it's like the, the, neither one has proven to be uh, even average. Well, I'd say we have a pretty good idea who Dane Belton is. The third safety. Yeah. Third yeah. Safety. It, which is, which is right where he would be for where he was drafted. Which Bellinger's is a good part. two-way tight end. And then you have Davidson, McKeithen, who, and Beavers, and Mc, who probably aren't going to be anything, and McFadden, yeah. who mm-hmm. is like a, a depth piece probably. Right. So, like, you have two top seven picks. Those guys you need to turn in to be something really good. Wandale's yeah. Wandale's got to make you feel comfortable moving on from Paris Campbell at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Azudu or Cordell Flott has to be good. Like, can we please have a third round pick that hits? So there's so many picks and so many big investments that if those guys get better, specifically Evan Neal, it does raise your ceiling by quite a bit. Like mm-hmm. Evan Neal raises is like the decider of the ceiling and floor of this offense for this season. And because there's so many guys that are on one-year deals this year, which I I, right. I love. I love mm-hmm. the fact that you know Adoree, Leonard Williams, Xavier McKinney, Paris Campbell, the list hey, kind of go, the list goes on and on. Isaiah Hodges, you know, I can we can literally sit here for ten minutes and talk about all the guys that are on one-year deals that have something on the line for the Giants this year. So yeah, we have a lot of money next year. A lot of guys are on one-year deals. You're not going to bring inevitably. You're not going to bring everybody back. So you want your 11 draft picks, some of those 11 draft picks that you had in 2022, the first year, the quote-unquote first year of the rebuild, you do need those guys to kind of to kind of come through for you. So that's – I'm very mad that, that Bobby took that from me. Specifically those first three guys. Yeah. Because yes. Yes. Two, two, yeah. two top seven picks if you're getting nothing. What – Kayvon, we've seen, we've, if no, you, no, 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 I know. a good player. but we want him to be great. If he becomes mm-hmm. great, it raises your ceiling on defense. Right. Correct, correct. It's Neil who I worry about, and I do think at, at some point, especially probably more so next year, I don't know how much we see it this year, depending on Campbell's health. I do think Wandale will will have a good role in this in this system. But, yeah. Well, let's, let's go around the room. How concerned is everybody about, about Evan Neal long-term on this team? Long-term? I mean, like – this year, I think will be improvement, but like, do we think he's going to be the the long term answer uh, uh, for like tackle on this team? I do. I still, I still do have faith. I, he he did look better in camp, not elite, but he did look better. Um, and I think at right tackle, you can live with that in year two compared to left tackle. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll continue to get better. But I, there's no, there's no like sign that he he's going to be a great right tackle, which is what we did draft him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do I do have faith that Neil's going to turn into at least a solid player, like a guy who will be starting on this team for a long time. Yeah, I think I do too. Um, I what happens this year will obviously affect my confidence level in that. But my expectations for him last year were super duper low. Um, they're they're never high for rookie tackles. Um, I know he's on the right side and whatever, but. Also, I just think in general, this offense is going to ask him to hold a block for five seconds all that often. Often, um, so as the thing as- is, you did you drafted him to be like, hey, we can run an offense where you're holding blocks for five seconds. Though. Yes, but I don't think he's going to have to do it constantly. It's not going to be like a Gilbride offense where mm. it's that a lot. Um, you know, I don't know. I I I think I know people have like jumped on the blame Bobby Johnson for 
offensive linemen not developing and rotating the offensive line and all this other stuff. I don't really know anything about Bobby Johnson and how he coaches to really put any blame on anybody, but I, I think it just takes time for a tackle to develop. So until I see what happens this year in live games over the course of a 17 game season, I'm going to remain optimistic that what I saw from him in college will translate eventually to the NFL. Um, but it's certainly yeah, right. I mean, I think 95% of Giants fans have like one eye on right tackle this whole year. Yeah. Oh, the first drive of the game oh, Sunday sure. is like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not even <laughs> watching the quarterback or anything. I'm just looking at Evan Neal. Uh, right. Demarcus Lawrence had six sacks last year. Three of them came against Evan Neal in one. That's game. unbelievable. Oh, he's I'm the pe- king of beating up on right tackles. I, I'm petrified. I, 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 I'm optimistic. I will be like, I just blind, blind optimism, which I hardly ever have. But he's the seventh overall pick. He, he was a stud in Alabama. He, this guy, he, you would think he's got to figure it out. But to sit here and say I'm not concerned would would be a lie. Andrew Thomas. Sucked his first eight games, right? At left tackle, mind you. But he showed over the second half of the season that there was improvements and that there was a true player in here. Evan Neal, granted, okay, he got hurt, sure. Yeah, that's... <laughs> he, he, But he just regressed every game and seemingly got worse and worse and worse. And then going into camp, I'm like, all right, let's see something in camp and in preseason. Bobby, Justin, all you, you guys all cover the, 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 the practices and the games. There's nothing that I sat here and was like, wow, I'm back to being optimistic beyond belief. No, I still have a lot of fear at that spot and in him in general. That's, you know, when you're a rookie in this league too, you can lose confidence very quickly also. So if everything is piling on you, you know, you're, you're playing right tackle full time for the first time in your career. You're making that jump to the NFLs, all these expectations on you. You're struggling early. You're banged up a bit. You're getting crushed by big name guys. You know, you're going from 13 games to, you know, 17 games in a playoff game. There's a lot on a plate for a guy and not everybody can handle it right away. So he, 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 he gets a pass to me for a, a quite a bit of a pass, but I, I expect improvement this year. And Craig, it's, I mean, it, it's a great point too. And it, all it takes is one game Sunday night football against Dallas going up against uh, Parsons in Marcus Lawrence, whereas if he has a good game, his confidence is going to skyrocket. Sure. That, 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 that's all that could be like that. And I, I get exactly what you're saying. It's just I would have liked to see at least a little slight improvement to show me something. Well, but I, I know we're kind of piling on Evan Neal right now, and it's not without no, a good reason. But <laughs> as much as he might have regressed last year and we're kind of focusing on him as being like the main detriment or you know variable in this offense or whatever – it's amazing that we're shitting all over this player. That's three times the player Nate Solder was this year. That we're not shitting so on low. it. It's just like well, no, I'm just saying. Have, like I have big expectations for him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, yeah, but even Nate him, Solder. him at his worst is still there. better than what we were dealing with for two seasons or three seasons. Yeah, but I don't want to be like at least he's not the biggest fucking. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not setting that as a benchmark. No player I enjoy. Like, like, he's, he's literally the the Jason Garrett of players for me. Well, what I'm saying is, <laughs> do you think he's going to get worse than he was last year? No, no, no he's going to get no. better. He is better. We've seen him in camp. Unless, exactly. Better. So yeah. the fact is, is that you could see even the baseline of difference between what an offense can look like. And it's, it's a different offense entirely. Daniel Jones is used differently than he was used for Jason Garrett, et cetera. I'm not going to make that argument or anything like that, but you can see the difference 
simply by swapping out a very bad tackle with a promising tackle. You motherfuckers it, it, in 2021 telling me Nate Solder is going to be better coming off of the year off. Dude admitted uh, in an article. He's like, I don't really care about football. I haven't been working out. I got, but I need the paycheck this year, so I'm coming one back. One of the most absurd things I've ever seen I in my never, entire life. It's one of those friend. things too that I don't even. I wouldn't have even believed that he truly meant that if I read it. I mean, because yeah, nobody says, says that. that. Tua was catching shit this year because he said, "I was thinking about maybe retiring because of the concussions." And everyone's like, "Oh, his head's not in it anymore." This is a guy who said, "I'm clearly back from a paycheck." I mean, yeah, no he literally in an article said, "Like, I need the money." Yeah, I haven't been really working out that much through these last two years. I'm going to pull this freaking article up. <laughs> While you're doing that, would you say that the O-line depth is your biggest concern? Uh, I know it's mine. I know that there's I know that there's some issues with having rookie corners, and you know I'm not a big rookie corner guy at all. Um, but for me, holy fuck, if either one of these tackles goes down, I, I truly think that we are losing every game until that tackle comes back. I don't care what the – we could lose to Arizona very easily if if Andrew Thomas is down. The fact that Matt Pear is our only hope oh. at backup mm. tackle is – Probably the scariest thing I would have read Petrifying. in the last like 10 years. Do you guys have like a worse concern than a tackle no. getting hurt? No, I, I just don't even like fathom. I don't, I don't even entertain the idea of Andrew Thomas getting injured because the team is ruined. Well, even if Evan Neal well, gets hurt. I was just going to say, yeah, if Neal gets hurt, we have, we have a turnstile. He just had he deleted this article. I feel I can live with the corners because they're, they're rookies and it's like, it's part of the process. So I can kind of, compartmentalize that a little bit but it's like a built-in excuse yeah it's yeah. like right, yeah they're well, supposed they gotta... to have rookie struggles yeah yeah i would i would have liked a little bit more veteran depth in the secondary but that's all right i i'm a little i'm a little worried i mean they they made moves for um uh my gosh the the guy from the bills they just traded for what, what's his boogie. Boogie, 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 boogie and then they traded for simmons to you know there's zero risk i wouldn't say high reward but maybe reward and Justin, i've been telling you this the edge depth kind of scares me a bit too. Aziz is very sure. injury prone. Yep. And Thibodeau showed that, you know, he was he was banged up a little bit last year. And having really nothing concrete behind them is definitely a concern of mine too. Cause I'm not trusting either one of them to play 16, 17 games. So I think the the lack of depth on the edge is definitely something of my concern too. Not nearly what you were saying about the O-line, because that is clear cut number one. Um, but I definitely have some pause for our depth on the on the edge rushing. I feel okay about the interior. I didn't say that's why I kept saying edge. No, because because <laughs> I feel like we're all we're, we're lumping the O line and uh, oh you're I'm saying good. oh you're saying interior. Oh, okay. Well, the, I would the, say interior is just a bunch of depth guys and John Michael Schmitz. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, even like you know, if you have Glowinski, Glowinski goes down, and arguably that's an upgrade. Um, sure. But I mean, you can have Glowinski go down, and you can have Bredesen slide over to whatever. You can have JMS go down. Bredesen slides to center, um, and then I even I like that Shane Lemieux made the team, and I I, I felt I felt good that I'm like, yeah, you know, he's had a good camp, had a good preseason. I think that they maybe keep him around. Um, I know there was a there was a there was somebody from I don't know where, Bobby, you know where. Um, there was somebody that they tried to sign to the active roster. Post fifty three cut down day. And oh, that, um, Nick what was Brocker? the Ole Miss? Uh, Nick, Nick Broker. Nick Broker, yeah. Broker, right? Yes, thank you. Whichever. I don't know how it's. Um, but yeah, so I think he would have taken Shane the Muse spot. 
but yeah, so I, I feel okay about the interior, but definitely like tackle. It's like the the sirens are flashing if if any of them go down for sure. That's the thing though. When we were talking before, the original question was where are we in the rebuild, and we can't we couldn't do everything all at once in year two. So that's going to be the one thing we're going to have to. Right. It'll have to be addressed next year as we get ready for that that real window of competing. Right. Yeah, I think I think there's expectations for somebody like Josh Azudu to like take a starting spot. But I think ultimately, and I think I always thought this with him, ultimately he's just a really good depth piece. I mean, he's super versatile. You can move him around. I don't think like even if he does earn the starting spot, I don't think that precludes you from like just drafting a better guard or signing a better guard and letting Azudu be a perfect depth piece that you can plug in at right guard or tackle for whatever. You know what I mean? He had several snaps at left tackle at UNC. And I think he even had like one snap at right tackle at UNC. Um, So I think that just because it was the first year with Joe Shane, I think that years of bad O-line and just ignoring shit. looks like we lost Bobby for a second there. I'll let him back in. Keep going. Um, I I think just generally the, the, I'm probably guilty of it myself. Like the automatic, thought was like oh we're finally paying attention to the interior look at this guy that we got i can't wait for him to get better and earn that starting spot i don't know that the starting spot is really his destiny um so at this point it's, it's hard to believe hopefully we, he can kind yeah. of sway our opinion to a, a different level but yeah I, it's, but in terms of which, the master fine, plan though. yeah i think he's a depth piece right yeah right so we, i i think that we're pretty far along in the plan i would say i mean a lot of things are patchwork solved with uh one year signings and shit, but which is which which is fine. And if that's if okay, yeah. winds up we had to we piece, had to do that's, that. That's basically. okay. Yeah. And like, like you were saying, with when the cap when like we're all saying the cap opens up, if you want to splurge a little bit, you get a you know a top end guard. I'm I'm okay with that at this point because Evan Neal's still gonna be on his rookie deal. Schmidt's on his rookie deal. I'm okay with paying a guard like that if if and then Ozuda being depth. That's that's more than okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um all right. I'm going to ask you guys, what game this season, Giants game, are you most looking forward to? Hit me with it, Cranky. What do you think? Opening night against Dallas. Okay. I mean, I mean, you're, you're you're setting – first of all, we've been waiting for nine months. And second of all, it's just let's set a tone. I mean, if if we're serious that we want to, we want to take this to the next level, to be really considered a playoff team – you have to beat playoff teams at home. I mean, we're not going into Dallas and expecting to win. You know, you need to win this game. You need to beat Washington. You know, these are teams you, I think you have to win to say, you know, we're serious. This is what this is not going to be a, a fluky thing. So to me, right off the bat, it's a tone setter. We'll be healthiest. We'll be all year. Win that game. I, you know, I, I I'm just going to drop. I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to jump because obviously that that would be my number one choice. I'll say something different, but. But Crank, you're 100% right. If we're going to have a chance to beat Dallas, this is the perfect opportunity to do it. And winning, kind of just slaying that dragon. We haven't beat, what are we, nine and uh, nine for our last 10 against Dallas with Dak? We've lost. Like, that's just unacceptable. We want to be taken seriously at home, Sunday night football, prime time. Everybody's watching. Dan Jones' new contract, playoff win last year. Go out and win the game at home. But if I were looking at it, I would have said that the Jets is an easy one because I'd love to just slap the shit out of them. However, I think that Monday night football game against Seattle early on is huge because 
at the end of the day, I think that's going to be a team that we're really battling for one of those wild card spots with. And the game, if I'm not mistaken, is at home. Yep, yep. If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, it's on Monday Night Football, another right. primetime game. Like, that is one you lost to him by two touchdowns last year, thanks to Justin's lord and savior, Richie James, fumbling the ball left and right. You got, <laughs> like, retribution at your home turf against a team that you're going to need, you potentially may need a tiebreaker with. So that's the one game that I have circled in big red marker. What about you, Bobby? The Patriots, because I'm going to be there for that game. Also, (laughs) I much as we all hate this guy, I I, especially since I started doing Talking Giants, I'm like a fan of like history and moments, and that'll be Joe Judge's return to MetLife Stadium. Sure, hell yeah. Not even a fake because we played the Patriots on the road last year in the preseason, and. That's going to be a beautiful halftime ceremony when they do not retire. Yeah, video tribute. Oh yeah, at least. I'll make. We'll make. We'll make some type of video for Talking Giants about it. We give video tribute to New York for guys named like Aaron Hicks. That is insane the way they do some of the video. But yeah, we'll we'll make one for Talking Giants, (laughs) which will obviously have the QB snakes in it. I need to beat the Jets. Yeah, even talking a lot of shit about them. I need to beat the Jets. I can't. Is it can't the hard knocks stand. thing or something else? No, I no, no, no. Mm. It has nothing to do with the hard knocks. Why are Jets care. fans calling Jihad Ward a liar? Like I saw a tweet being like, Yeah, Giants and Jets fans don't ball. It's like we also all know that Jihad Ward's a liar. So what did Jihad Ward lie about? Yeah. I don't I don't understand anything about it. I think a majority of people talking about that incident only watch the hard knocks and legitimately think that those plays went one, two. <laughs> yeah. And they were like separated by like two whole drives. Weren't they like twelve plays apart? They missed a lot of me. That's Jet fan acting like Net fan who's little brother in this town and wants to, you know, beat their chest. <laughs> I can't stand Rogers. I think he's I think he's a fraud. I, I think in the when the lights shine the brightest, I don't think he gets up for the biggest moments and it's gonna showcase its ugly he has, head the most in New York City. He hasn't against us in his whole career. My honestly, I got to say, uh, we got to beat the 49ers because I have to get one over on Cranky Wife. So, listen, Jeez. I think I think Cranky Wife is gonna gonna be a happy wife that week. I'm sorry, we're gonna get them Thursday at the night. best it's time, weird. which is beginning yeah. of the season. Like their yeah. dysfunction is a little high over there right now. Yeah, it is. It, it's true, but traveling across country on a on a few days is. is we'll nice. be over. No, they should already, already be over there. We're playing Arizona first. So oh, that's true. We'll stay there. Yeah. I'm an idiot. We got a shot. They're just so much that's more true. talented than us, though. Yeah, that's true. We got a shot. Evan Neal, good luck. I think I think mine is the Jets one as well. It always was. I had nothing to do with the hard knocks either, or even Aaron Rodgers. I just I like that it's a Jets Giants New York game because just because the crowd will be fun. Yep. Um, and it's right before or right after Halloween. So it's, actually, yeah. that tailgate that week, we are going to make it a Halloween themed tailgate, and we are nice. going to have like gravestones of every of like all the opponents, major Jets for oh. that year. Um, and we will also have gravestone. We'll make custom gravestones of, uh, like the, our Super Bowl victories too. So we'll add that snacks. Oh, okay. It doesn't seem like you got like that. No, we're, we're going to, we're going to get annihilated now. Anyway, um, if there was, <laughs> I saw different... it in Alabama, I thought it was really cool, but I was at the iron bowl. I saw somebody well, that's, do that. Like, that's, that's because cool. Al- Alabama actually destroys teams. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> someone's in regular season mode <laughs> it is a good idea though i, I I'll, I'll enjoy it if we were gonna go if we were gonna go with ex- most excited to like be in attendance for yeah i would go jets most excited just like Watch. i guess meaningful game wise if that makes sense 
Seattle. So two parties. I'll, I'll throw I'll throw one more in there, and I think it's because I, it'll be a good benchmark. The Bills game. I don't know what to think about Buffalo this year. Um, I happen to know a lot of people that live in that area, and they're a little bit more down on that team than I think a lot of other people in the country are. Um, I don't know. I think that would be a good benchmark. I think it'll just be fun in general. Obviously, the normal storylines of Joe Shane, Brandon Bean, Brian Dable, etc. But I think it will be a good litmus test. Um, to put us up against it. Cause I, I think it's a team that we might match up well against. you know, like San Francisco is such a different kind of team. That's really defense heavy. Buffalo would be one where I think it might be like interesting. Like that one could be a super high scoring game. I don't, I don't yeah. really, I mean, at the same time, it might be one where wink really gets one over on Josh Allen. I, I don't know. I just think that could be a really, really fun matchup. And it's yeah. a it's a it's a prime Super Bowl contender, and I believe it's Sunday Night Football in Buffalo, right? Yes, yes it is. Yeah, that's a that's a damn exciting We're, game. That feels like going? a cave on game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Prime time loves him. Um, I'm going to ask you like an NFL thing now. Is Jonathan Gannon just crashing the Cardinals into the ground? On purpose, yeah. On purpose, right? Yeah, I mean, like, this is so a one-year rental. At, no, it's, but do you think mm-hmm. that he just ends up going back to the Eagles in like two years as defensive coordinator again, and he just went there, trashed another NFC team, gave them a free draft pick, and is coming home? Eagles, Eagles fans that's, don't want him. That's some 40 chess. <laughs> well, if I ever have to take the bus to work, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't have that dog in me. I, I, I cannot take this guy seriously. It's unbelievable. And they are going to be a horrific football team, so – uh, if he makes it to next year, God bless him. I, I, as you guys know, as everybody knows, they're not shy to fire a head coach after a year. So mm-hmm. that's true. I, and I get think, rid of a quarterback after. And a get year. rid of a quarterback. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's weird to me. This me off how everyone praised that so much. What just moving the, on from? Uh, it's like oh, they failed. Uh, they failed. They they just you know got Good a job for failing. Pick wrong a year. Yeah. a year in. Great Here, job. Take, take another four years. Try and figure it out. Well, were they were they praising that or were they praising just making a prudent move for hot hands? Like it was about getting that coach from where was he? Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Yeah. Yeah. It was about getting him and then letting him pick his guy when he was available. It was like striking while the iron was hot. I think that's why it was being praised. But either way, I just think it's weird to go in there and just grab a random defensive coordinator as your head coach and let him pick your new quarterback. The whole thing seems weird to me. Well, that's why they've been the Cardinals for the last 60 years, too. I mean, you have a one of those blue blood owners who just, you know, that's why they are they're what they are. They've never been successful for any long stretches of time. They've had occasional peaks, but they've been a disaster for years. Make stupid decisions, and that's what you get. What would you say is Make make a bold NFL prediction this year. Like, is there a team that's gonna fall flat that you that the general consensus doesn't believe? Um, don't say the Jets. I think that one's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, or is there is there gonna be a team that comes out of nowhere? Is a rookie going to just flash like crazy when he wasn't expected to? What do you guys think? Anyone got an idea? I put a five dollar bet last night to win eighty that Trevor Lawrence was gonna win MVP. I could see the Jags being very, very good this year. I yeah. think the Titans are going to win that division. No, interesting. Shot. I'll bet you on that. 
I think the Cowboys will make the playoffs. That's my bold prediction. Will they win a game? No, they'll win a game. But I, that's just my bold prediction. No, I mean a playoff game, though. That would be a bold prediction if you said it. No, they won't make the playoffs. Oh, they oh. won't. Oh, they won't. They will. Oh, they will. No, no, they will. I got not. you, Crank. Yeah, I knew. I knew what you were saying. Thank you, Snacks. You got it. Yeah, we're on the same one. I don't know how bold this is, but well, the Bengals are going to win the division. I think the Steelers are going to compete for it. Steelers are going to be good this year. I think Steelers are going to be really good. Like that. Again, I can't really flat out. Pickett's going to be solid. Bolt. He's looking solid. Yeah, they got, he, they got some good pieces good. around that there. They got the guy. They got the strong. dogs on defense. Receivers are really good. O line solid. Most I, consistent I, coach in the NFL. Yeah, like at the end of the day, you know they're going to win nine games. I think they can push towards eleven and really compete with Cincinnati for the for the for the AFC I got, North. I got another bold prediction: Russell Wilson's benched by week eleven. Whoa, boy, that would be a really awful transaction just, in NFL they, history. Remember, they they um they signed the guy from uh um New England as the backup. My who, I don't even know who the backup is. Um, Stidham, guy. yeah. Oh, Stidham. I don't Jared know Stidham. why anyone's ever believed in him. I remember watching I, Darius Slayton film, and I'm like, well, this court Stidham sucks. What did remember, anyone believe in this guy? I remember him in college, and I thought he sucked. Yeah, he yeah. was bad at Auburn. I don't know why anyone ever believed in Jared Stidham. I don't know. The Patriots but, have weird drafts. We're talking yeah. bold. We're talking yeah, bold picks, though. So that that's another fullbacks in the third round. It's it's. <laughs> But nobody, I think the Ravens no, might suck this year. Wow, really? Oh, wow. I think there's a chance. That's just the Super Bowl team. I think there's a chance. I mean, it's always weird whenever a quarterback makes a big bag move. Um, you never quite know how they're going to handle especially a guy who could get injured like that. Also, a guy who – are we sure that Lamar Jackson is still a great passer? Have we, like – are we positive of that at this point? Still? A great passer. Did, did- – I don't, yeah, think, he was really good last think. year before he got injured. Wow. Because he got injured, it gets forgotten. He was having a, like a, a pretty stellar season. Yeah. Well, I that was, was with nobody at receiver. Now he's got Zay Flowers, like... an injury prone asshole. Like he's got some weapons over there. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I don't. I, I don't <laughs> think that Odell Beckham is going to do too much for them. No. He will and... in those three games. He'll be awesome. It, yeah, but when will those three games be? Will they be week one, or are they going to be like week eleven? That'll probably be like week two to five. How old is he now, Beckham? I think 30. he's 30, 31, something like that. He's 30 because he, he was drafted the same year as Mike Evans, so 30. It, it's it's a hard 30 with the injuries and everything. Well, sure. He had it's two to the same knee 30. and one to the other knee. 30 going on 17. <laughs> and they got Rashad Bateman over there, too, who's just as injury prone, if not more than Odell. Oh, but we were supposed to draft him, don't you know? Yeah. I wish we had Mark Andrews, though. He's really good. Yeah, and, and that's is... going to be one of those things of how are they going to operate that offense because they're going to run a lot more eleven personnel. They're going to go away from that's the he- they're going to go away from the heavy formations and they're going to, you know. So it's funny that you bring up Lamar as a passer, which I do think he can do it. Um, of course he can. Greg, Greg, but Greg Roman, instead of what they said for years is that as the years go on, we're going to introduce more downfield stuff and we're going to in- and we're going to take the reins off of Lamar. They never fully took the reins off of Lamar, and that's also partially their fault too, because they sure. never really beefed up at wide receiver. And they were, they, they, I think they flat out said at one point, like we're bad at, like, we're like bad at drafting wide receivers, which they are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm Ravens are like one of those teams that it's like it's really hard to get a read on them because you know they have the O line, 
they have the run. They, you know, you think that they would have the run game, um, that they have the personnel for it. But if they're going to go to more eleven personnel and kind of spread it out, well, what does that offense look like? So, well, I, I think part of it is when you look at the AFC North, it's just kind of hard to predict. You know, the Bengals are clearly very good. We were just talking about how good Pittsburgh looks this year. I think Baltimore is a little bit dubious. What do we think of Cleveland? What is Deshaun Watson this year? What is, mm. I, I, I mean. And I don't think anyone is predicting Cleveland to the Super Bowl, but do they make enough noise that they pester Baltimore out of a wild card spot or pester Pittsburgh out of a wild card spot? I, that's such a that's such a wild card team, McCrank. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, you threw him in the absolute worst possible situation. I mean, he put himself in the worst possible situation, but <laughs> you just you you drop him in, and you know, really no preparation for it, and he looked awful. Just looked like a guy I hadn't played in a thousand years. You give him a whole off season and everything. And I expect some sort, I don't think he'll be back to what he was before, but he still could be, can be a dangerous quarterback and, you know, Super Bowl. I don't know, but definitely pick off teams when, you know, they don't, if, they treat him lightly. If he returns to any semblance of his peak self, that roster is very good. So I, I could definitely think they they make a, a little run. They they push Baltimore a little bit, but I mean I, I can't sit here and say I'm a Deshaun Watson expert in what he does off the field or uh, on the better field. Better not be. I've heard that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But anyway, not the point. We can talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> but for everything you read and have seen from training camp and preseason, it's, he doesn't look anything more special than he was second half of last year. So uh, that's quite the mystery team. And it's also... one of those things that Russell Wilson is in the same conversation. Justin Fields as a passer is in this oh. same conversation too of mm-hmm. how bad, like how bad can it get? And then what's the ceiling for when like you really, when you have that floor, right? Where I think Deshaun Watson found his floor as a quarterback, just being like you, just a dreadful, <laughs> dreadful as a human too. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, but uh, like just right. as a quarterback, let's just like I'm sticking with that. Right, uh, found his floor <laughs> as a quarterback performance wise. Um, Justin Fields as a passer, like how how much better can it actually get? You know, whereas like what is the what is the ceiling there? And it's the same. And then again, put Russell Wilson in that conversation where it was just so, so bad last year, where even if they do get better, is it going to be at a point where any of those guys where they're hitting their expectations and they're hitting their strides? And I would say, no, like you can't, you don't just see dramatic, dramatic improvements like that after being so bad. I think the Deshaun. I think the Deshaun Watson thing was again not because a guy who's getting older or it's been it's breaking down. It's just that's an anomaly, non-football related cause that there's a bigger chance for a a bounce back than someone like Russell Wilson, who's you know on the downside, or even Aaron Rodgers. Like the Deshaun Watson situation between holding out and then with suspension and with off the field, it's so rare to see somebody go through that kind of path and that kind of journey and then switch teams and then boom, we dropped right, right back into football in the middle of the season. So I guess there's not really a precedent to really look at and be like, all right, well, this guy did it 10 years ago and he was fine. Then, So there, there is no precedent to be like, okay, well, this is how we're going to measure your and try and predict your performance. So that is the tough thing. And here's the, the thing too. He already has his bag. 
also. Well, that, so, that's what I was just going to say. Cleveland can't do anything about him until after 2026. That's crazy. They yeah, is a $200 million dead cap hit this year oh and God. next year, then $130 million the year after that. It's not until 2026. He's still got a $72 million one with only a $63 million cap hit. So he's still uncuttable until after 2026. That is fucking crazy. And he, he he didn't want to go to Cleveland. Like, didn't he publicly say he didn't want to go to Cleveland? And they're like, all right, we'll just guarantee your contract. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love Cleveland. I don't know if anyone ever has to say it. Well, yeah, right, right. But my Lord, I got a $200 million gig. What a fucking loser organization. Yeah, that's an, I just had to look that up because I knew he was – I knew he signed some insane contract, and I was just curious nuts. when they can get out of it. They can't. Absolutely nuts. Um, Last thing I'm going to ask you gentlemen about, specifically Justin Bobby. Why don't you tell what everyone? What the fuck am I? Uh, oh, Chop actually, liver. actually, I'm sorry, Snacks. You can join in as well on this one. No, I'm kidding. Oh, sure. I want you guys to talk a little bit about the tailgate events you have this year because I've Cranky and I have been showing up to L16 for the last couple of years. Uh, Snacks has pointed out every single time, not on time, um, but we hey. have shown up. <laughs> um, a thousand and miles year... away. What do you want? <laughs> This is the first year you guys are doing events for every single home game. I think that's awesome. You've been talking about it for the entire offseason. So it's pretty cool. Why don't you go ahead and plug that, talk to people about L16 this year. Yeah, every every single home game, we're we're bringing structure, we're bringing food. And, you know, in, in previous years, it's been, yeah, just come and hang out, but we haven't really provided anything. And, you know, that there's there's been times where I kind of have felt felt bad about it. Um, so every single game, uh, we are providing food. It's a far, far barbecue. Um, uh, our guy, Mark, who's a talking giants listener provides a really good barbecue service up in North Jersey. He's going to be providing some games, including week one. And then the Candlewick diner will be providing three games as well, including the free game against the Pats. So shop.johnboymedia.com. If you go under JM events, we're the only event that's listed. Um, you could buy a one game pass, two game pass, all the way up to a seven game pass. And the more tickets you buy, or at least the more games that you buy, uh, there's bundles and your price gets taken off. So shop.johnboymedia.com, click under JM events. Excited for these tailgates this year. And we're going to have like themes to each week too. Like I talked about like the Halloween theme. Um, You know, the first week is going to be backyard games. The second week is going to be like a Madden tournament. Um, So it's going to be a lot of fun. I have a question. Yes. Because my family actually brought this up to me. Why am I on the graphic? It's like kind of false advertising a little bit. <laughs> well, because I had I, I had people, some people on Twitter ask me, and then my parent, my family, like, are you going to all the games? And I'm like, no, I don't understand. And I had the biggest sourpuss on my fucking face too. Well, that's yeah, we, because you fired Julian. Because no, Julian quit. Um, Fuck him. No, I'm on Julian. Only got. Did you fired see Julian after. almost got fired from UCF? Did you guys? Oh, are you kidding box? me? Of course, I saw that. I I saw that organically. And then I, I did listen to the pod. <laughs> it's not actually, is it actually him that did that? Yeah, that was him. yeah, it was, yeah. it was, uh, it was, <laughs> he was the one who did it. I thought you were just rolling with that. Then Joe. we had our YouTube comments being like, it's not the same as schools. We're just explaining how young people don't, aren't going to know the Kent State shooting because it, it pales in comparison to the. I don't know. Uh, uh, Bobby, you're, uh, next. Bobby's more popular than me. That's why, that's why he's on the graphic. Uh, but I'm not going to be there. Yeah, we should just put the logo yeah. on the graphic. Snacks, give me uh, 30 seconds on the state of the Yankees, please. I need to feel <clears> a bit <throat> about myself. Floor is yours. Well, I 
I'm appalled. And then you listen to the radio and all the fans are like, oh, the kids are up. The kids are up. The kids are playing great. Kids, shut the fuck up. This is the stupidest fucking thing in the world. The worst thing that could have happened is that this team started winning games because now everybody's back. Everybody's safe. They all probably would have been anyway. Yeah, they already were always. They, they already, already were anyway. It, it's it, at least the one positive at least there is it seems like some hope with these these kids came's a disaster that they will be dirt until that parasite in the front office is still there so fucking yankees i couldn't give two shits about them i'm gonna play that in a continuous loop for the next 12 hours good do house. it that's good play I this appreciate. one too the knicks are back knicks nets <laughs> 30 seconds knicks nets let's go uh, no uh, I, I i i don't waste time on little brother that's cute dude you're you? Je- you are you are literally jets fans that haven't won shit and got this unearned arrogance It's the Knicks have not won shit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Not even not won shit. They're like they've been the most dysfunctional team in the league for 20 years. Without question. But the Nets haven't won either. So it's like if nobody wins an NBA championship, then I don't know. And I I would say in the last three years, the dysfunction. Well, we've at least been the NBA Finals. Like that, I can we can remember. You were the first loser twice. You were you were impressive. Two years after we were, we were in 1999. We were in the finals. What was your last one? 2001. 2003. Oh, yeah. Same generation, same, and, same and, time. And yeah, as soon as so I happens. said that, I forgot about '99. And just so <laughs> happens, the, the, that was maybe, a lockout year. Doesn't count. Maybe the biggest. <laughs> right, we shouldn't the, have. Been, we shouldn't have been an eight seed then. We should yeah. have been like a two seed. Maybe the biggest embarrassment in NBA history: Durant, Kyrie, and Harden. So yeah, I, I'll talk my shit. Ooh, well, we got some pretty good wins to rival. No, 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 no. But, no, no, you, no, no, no. but here's a, the crazy a team thing: built as like big that, as an embarrassment, the second round embarrassment. Big as as big of a as an embarrassment as it went was, the Knicks couldn't get one single win within those three years. There was a game where they traded for James Harden that day and rolled out seven players. Oh, and I was still, that game. Still won. Fine. Beat our ass too. That was disgusting. Man. Fine. We still uh, lost. We, still lost. We, the are, we all gonna meet at Barclays for a game? Fuck no. That place <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I've never nope. been to Barclays for anything. You then don't. You're no. not missing anything. A, I thought I was going to go middle there. It's in the fucking nowhere. It's terrible. Traffic's horrible. Everything's horrible. Traffic is horrible there. I was very close. I hate to do this because it's like feeding into these two. But before Kyrie sprained his ankle versus the Bucks, I was like, okay, which NBA Finals game am I going to go to? Because I was going oh. to fly up there and go to an NBA. I was like, I am not going to miss up on the opportunity. My teams, this is the only time we're ever going to go to the NBA Finals in my lifetime. I'm going. That's not an embarrassing thing to say. It's not. Seriously. I mean, no, it's if, not, you, but if it you just put feeds, any it's one of these people just feeds into in the these... same situation, they would have been I would have never guaranteed a championship finals. No. That's no, not a guarantee. I mean, Looking at it, literally is. It was the second round. He's does saying, buying does he's buying plane no tickets count? Who we, they played in the championship final. You can cancel plane tickets. Won. Well, I didn't book anything. I was just like planning. I understand on, that. You, you, were, you were just saying in your. But head. you have to. You have to plan that far ahead. Oh my god! You know I'm but, right. But I had I had moments like when because we, we beat the Bucks by like fifty points, and it wasn't even close. And this was without Harden. And there was a point where it's like, oh shit! Like we are. Like, it's not even a question. We are going to the NBA Finals. And then we had fucking the worst injury luck ever. Anyways. Gentlemen, I want to thank you all for joining me and joining the Cranky Fan. This was awesome. We we get to talk throughout the year, but we do a lot of talking individually on YouTube and whatever. Uh, So this is like the longest collective conversation we've had in quite a while. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of get each other in like little incremental bits. So this was awesome. I just wanted to kind of get you guys together, smash some heads together and see what we could come up with. Um, I'm excited for week one. Four of us will be there. I think all of us will be there for the Patriots game, right? Mm -hmm. Cranky, are you there for that game? Yeah. I think I'm only missing. I think just the uh, New Year's Eve game is the only game I'm missing. There's going to be some early morning flights. I might miss a tailgate or get to the tailgate for a second or two, but I think the only one is the, the New Year's Eve one. Bobby, you want to sit next to me for the New Year's Eve game? You can kiss at midnight, you two. That'd be cute. Oh, how about that? Yeah, I thought about going to that game, and then I was like, you know what? I'm definitely not going into that area for that time of year. Instead, I'm going on freaking Thanksgiving weekend. Does Uh, anyone do that? Has you have you ever done that, Crank? You live in the city. Have you ever gone to like the New Year's but ball drop? Are you insane? I I can't think of a thing that I could give less of a shit about. No, it's so stupid. It it, is really really dumb. All right. No, no, I, I appreciate you guys joining. Thank you for, for joining us here. Please watch Talking Giants on their YouTube channel. Check um, out the Chris Rose football podcast with CJ Mazoma featuring Bobby Skinner coming up. That as well. Justin, anything that further? Was, that's the that's that name. That's what I'm thinking about naming it. That was sarcasm. Um, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. But uh, yeah, go subscribe to JM Football since we're severely being judged on the success of that channel. Are and you uh, and su- Sunday morning, go to Underdog Daily channel and watch Bagels. Use DraftKings promo code WORLD. I don't think it's called Under Underdog Daily. I don't fucking know what it is. There you go. You're you're, you're, you're <laughs> a employee. Out. Never mind. This is this is listen. This is what this is what. Use BetterHelp promo code Giants. Um, <laughs> and Farmer's Dog promo and code Giants to the Just Giants podcast.